Peter. You want to go get parts? Sure, Peter. Well, jump on in. I'm a hunter boy in a Biden world. Pipes and crack rocks. It's on TikTok, pulling strippers' hair, standing in my underwear. Investigations, daddy says there ain't none. Come on, Hunter, let's go parting. I'm a Hunter boy in a fighting world. Pipes and crack rocks. It's on TikTok, pulling strippers' hair, standing in my underwear. Investigations, daddy says there ain't none. <laughs> I'm a state and I'm son in the president's world. Buy me crack, watch my back, you're my daddy. Smartest guy. I can blow if you say I'm always parting. <laughs> I'm a hunter boy in a hunter world. Pipes and crack rocks. It's on TikTok. Pulling strippers' hair, standing in my underwear. Investigations. Daddy says there ain't none. Come on, hunter, let's go partner. Big guy. Come on, partner, let's go hunter. <laughs> Come on, hunter, let's go partner. Big guy. Come on, hunter, let's go partner. <laughs> I get high, I get low, but my dad's in control. I will film all my crime while I weigh all this blow. Fix your teeth, buy a home, get some strippers to bump. Dance around, film yourself in your panties. <laughs> I can snort, yep. I can blow. If you say I'm always partying, <laughs> I'm a hunter boy in a Biden world. Pipes and crap rocks. It's on TikTok, pulling strippers' hair, standing in my underwear. Investigation, daddy says there ain't none. Come on, Hunter, let's, uh, where the hell are we? Uh, uh, big guy. Wait, what? All right, all right, all right. That's a little okay. bit of Hunter Biden music. Okay, let me see. I, I, oh, I got that screwed up. Hold on, let me get the right screen up here. Uh, oh, 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 Windows Capture. Uh, oh, there we go. Now we got it. Now we are cooking with gas. All right, it is... Uh, the weekend after Valentine's Day, I hope all the lube has dripped out of any orifices that has accumulated over this um, past holiday. It's Monday. It's time to get things going. And we're going to start off by talking about the potential uh, uprising of the truckers uh, versus New York City that are coming to the 18-wheel uh, defense of Mr. Donald Trump. You know, it's uh, we've seen these trucker boycotts before, and, uh, you know, New York is a city that definitely, if the truckers don't show up, they're going to have some big problems. So here's what's going on. Here's the first little uh, look here. Now are refusing to take deliveries into New York City in protest of the more than $350 million civil fraud ruling against former President Donald Trump. And the boycott starts tomorrow. Truck drivers now are... Okay, okay, okay. We get it. We get it. We get it. So uh, are the truck drivers really going to follow through with this in the entirety of the industry of truckers? Uh, well, this guy right here, he's a truck driver, and he's got the, uh, well, I don't think that's a MAGA hat, but he is wearing his sunglasses at night. So whenever you see a sun, uh, trucker wearing sunglasses at night, you know you got to take these guys serious, especially if they're in the day glow green shirt, which this trucker checks all the boxes. So let's take a listen to what he has to say uh, regarding the potential strike on New York by the truckers. Hey, folks, you're all past Chicago Ray. Uh... I've been on the radio talking, talking to drivers for about the last hour, hour 15 minutes. And uh, I'm talking to at least 10 drivers going the other way. I'm heading down from South Wisconsin. And uh, they're gonna start refusing loads in New York City starting on Monday. All right? Uh, 
I got about three drivers that I drive with. They already vibrated the boss and told them they ain't going to New York City. So I, I don't know uh, how far across the country this is or how many truckers are going to start denying loads to go going to New York City. But <laughs> I'll tell you what. You fuck around and find out. There you go. That's the key word I was waiting for is uh, F around and find out. Notice how I censored myself. I'm very adult here today. Uh, okay, so what this is all about is the the courts fined him with, what, over $350 million because he overinflated, according to them, and overinflated the price of his real estate that he's using as collateral to get new construction loans, etc. Well, Kevin O'Leary, uh, Mr. Shark Tank himself, he has some comments on that. And, you know, a guy that's a wealthy individual that has been a real estate investor, I think his opinion on this matter uh, weighs much heavier than mine. Let's take a little listen to what Kevin had to say about all of this nonsense. And let's leave out politics and just talk about what happens in real estate development anywhere. So if you're a developer and you've got a building on, on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset, and I want you to tell me it's worth $500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth $400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you can possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So in this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. Now, look, I know Trump's got a lot of problems in other indictments and everything else. But but this if you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? What is it's this ridiculous. exactly? Yeah. What is this? So, you know, Kevin O'Leary is saying that every real estate person out there. The thing is, is there's there's people that that work for the bank that verify the worth of your property that you're putting up for collateral. I mean, what I'm curious about, was there something about these loans, how they were federally insured or something like that? But then it seems like it'd be fraud on the end of the bank that was approving those these loans. I mean, it's not like Trump just walks in there and says, hey, this building is worth $200 million. I mean, he could say that, but everything's going to be appraised and they're going to uh, evaluate uh, the what the value is of the property before they loan the money on it. So I don't understand what the problem is here, but... But according to this judge in New York City, he finds a big problem in it. Kevin O'Leary says every real estate investor out there does that, does the exact same thing. I mean, you just got to take it for what it is. It's 100% a witch hunt against Donald Trump. That's all it is. 
New York judge has... Okay, hold on. I didn't mean to play that. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Um, you know, President Trump, he's been arrested, what is it now? It's a four times they've tried to charge him. I believe I saw a statistic earlier, and it was 91 times. Uh, they've been taking him off the ballot. Uh, they fined him $350 million in this case. And then they call the right a threat to democracy. Sounds a little absurd to me. To me, don't you think? You know, you, you, you sit back and you think about this and you think about all of these. We've, we've read articles in the past in these past shows that we've done uh, regarding Pfizer, Moderna, all these companies that were backing these, um, you know, the COVID vaccine, the COVID vaccine, which has injured a lot of people. You know, the CDC was going to release all the uh, text from the people that have written in and said what their injuries were from the COVID vaccine. And they're estimated to release that over months, months of time because it is so voluminous. Uh, 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 of of the injuries from the COVID vaccine. And how much are those companies fined in this? Absolutely nothing. Not $1. And we're talking about people dying. In the situation with Donald Trump, he took out loans. He paid the loans back. Nobody complained. And $350 million fine to an individual? He can't do business in the state of New York for three years? His kids are getting fined? If there's ever been a time where the Department of Justice has been used as a weapon against an opposing party by the government, today is that day. And it is it is horrendous. It is ridiculous what we are sitting back and allowing this government to do and weaponize the DOJ. It's insane. If you're not infuriated by that, you should be. Uh, Liz Cheney was talking about Trump, and she's got a new kind of uh, coining a new term for Trump. She's calling him the Putin wing of the Republican Party, um, which is funny because Putin came out just earlier last week, said that he'd rather have Biden elected as president. He says Biden is, you know, the most predictable. You know, he didn't invade the Ukraine until Biden was president. Um, but Liz Cheney, you know, it's one of these things where the media just wants to keep on this whole Russia thing, you know, you know, and Liz Cheney, an alleged what? She's supposed to be an alleged Republican, rhino Republican. What is she? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, anyway, here's Liz Cheney calling uh, Donald Trump uh, the Putin wing of the Republican Party. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, Donald Trump, as you pointed out, uh, said just a few days ago that uh, he had he had told a NATO ally that he would encourage Putin to do whatever he needed to do, whatever he wanted to do. Uh, he, he's basically made clear that uh, under a Trump administration, uh, the United States is unlikely to keep its NATO commitments. And I think that Republicans uh, who understand the importance of the national security situation, who continue to support him, are similarly going to be held to account. You know, when you think about Donald Trump, for example, pledging retribution, um, what Vladimir Putin did to Navalny is what retribution looks like in a country where the leader is not subject to the rule of law. Um, and, and I think that we have to take Donald Trump very seriously. We have to take seriously the extent to which, um, you know, you've now got a Putin wing of the Republican Party. Uh, I believe the issue this election cycle is making sure the Putin wing of the Republican Party does not take over the West Wing of the White House. There you go. The Putin wing of the Republican yeah. Party, man. I didn't know Liz Cheney was trans, but she's got some balls on her. That's for freaking sure. Okay. All right. All right. Let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Um... 
Well, I was going to skip this, but I saw these posts going on that Joe Biden was uh, signing some initiative, and it was called the Housing for Labor Initiative to take in migrants into your homes and get a tax rebate, etc. I dug into it a little bit because it was blowing up there. As of this morning when I looked at it, there's 17 million views on this video, and people in the comments are just, it's fake. It's fake. So we see the post saying that Joe Biden's signing in the Housing for Labor Initiative, uh, and you're going to get a tax rebate if you take in migrants. That is not false. You're not going to get a tax rebate if you take in some Haitian refugees and make them chef in your landscaper and basically get free slave labor. Uh, you're not going to get a tax rebate for that yet. Yet. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that does happen. You know, you know, a little kickback for, you know, housing some immigrants, getting the free labor. Uh, you just all I could say is if you're going to put an immigrant in your home and you're going to use them as slave labor to cook your food, et cetera, make sure they come from somewhere where you like the food. Uh, for me personally, since I eat a lot of Mexican food, uh, hands down, I will take a uh, a Mexican immigrant in uh, to be my personal chef. As long as they like spicy food, I'm down for it. Okay. Uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, yeah. Trump released his sneakers. I don't know if you guys uh, swo- swooped up on this, but the price for these sneakers. Now, he created 1,000 pairs of these sneakers. They look like something Goldfinger would wear from uh, either James Bond or Austin Powers. Uh, they are blinged out gold. And they made 1,000 pairs of these sneakers. Uh, Trump debuted them at SneakerCon. And the eBay prices are just ridiculous. Look at this up here. They're already sold out, of course. 45000 uh, dollars for this particular pair of the Trump, the Trump Yeezys, whatever you want to call them. Uh, here we are. Here's some other prices. These are these ones up here. That red and white pair. Those are baloney. Those are probably made in China. Uh, but the Trump shoes, six thousand two hundred, forty-five thousand, twenty-five hundred, nine thousand, ninety-five hundred, seventeen thousand, uh, fourteen thousand, forty-five hundred, seventeen. Man, talking about a return on investment, who would have thought that you should have invested in uh, some Trump shoes at $399 a pair, and they're going to pay off like an early investment in Bitcoin? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I don't. Not me. I didn't even know they were coming out. I wish I did. Uh, so anyways, here's Trump's reception at the sneaker con. You know, sneaker con, a bunch of sneaker heads out there, and they seem to really love their Trump. Here we go. Check it out. Oh, listen to those chants. Thank you very much. That's beautiful. Thank you. There it is. That's it. That's it. Just just them yelling F- FJB. Fuck Joe Biden. And uh, he's, he's uh, beautiful. Beautiful. I just love what you're saying. Uh, rumor on the streets in the funny mill is that the uh, Biden-Harris is going to come out with their uh, their Velcro non-slip shoes uh, with the Ukrainian flag there stepping in dog crap. I'm sure that's fake. It's got to be fake. Those look way too stylish to be posted by the Biden-Harris campaign. I, that's just that's just not right. Anyways, let's keep rolling. Okay, uh, we were talking about this earlier. If um, let me find the name of something real quick. Hang on, let me stop this. Let me pause this. Do 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 do. do. If you haven't had a chance to view the Tucker Carlson uh, interview with um, what was his name, Mike Benz. Mike Benz, I highly encourage you to go to Tucker Carlson or TCN Network, whatever, you can find it. It's out there with Mike Benz, his interview with Mike Benz. This guy just breaks down in great detail uh, the way the government has moved into censorship online and censorship of uh, 
anybody questioning anything. Uh, basically, if you question mail-in ballots, for instance, uh, that's a cyber threat. And this whole department that's been established in our government to just uh, eliminate all of that. It, the amount of the one thing we had in America was free speech. Okay, and now today, digitally free speech is 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 performed on you know outlets like Facebook, Instagram, etc. Um, but the government has come in there and quashed that so hard, especially in the 2020 election. Um, it's frightening. It's frightening. You know, it is frightening. These are the horror stories that I heard when a kid when I was a kid. Oh, in communist China or in uh, the USSR, you're not allowed to speak. Well, you're not allowed to speak here either. I mean, if they're going to punch you in the mouth and take everything down, and we saw conservative hosts left and right over this past four years be eliminated and taken offline, thank God to Elon Musk for taking over Twitter and kind of putting it into that. Uh, But this government has just been playing dirty, 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 and it's not a surprise at all. So I want to play, I saw this first video, and it just reminds me how the, the mass media, the media, uh, it seems like there's a memo that goes out from the deep state and they just tell everybody, okay, if you're on camera, say these words. And it started with Amy Klobuchar, from uh, Democrat from Minnesota, and she was talking about how sharp, just do me a favor, how many times do you hear sharp in this this Amy Klobuchar video, and then I'm going to play a compilation of everybody else just reiterating and saying the exact same thing. All right, so here's Amy Klobuchar. Let's take a little listen here. Uh, Senator, she's going to tell you how I was on uh, Air Smart. Force One with the president going the from president is. to uh, Wisconsin for going from Washington, D.C. to Wisconsin for an infrastructure project. And I was with the president for over an hour. And talked about so many things, domestic, international. He was focused. His recall was good. It was the same experience that my colleagues had who met with him for hours, Democrats and Republicans, about the Mideast only a few weeks ago. I was on... Okay, okay, okay. That's the first video. That's the first video. Now, let me pull up this little compilation uh, that we have here of uh, a slew of people saying the exact same damn thing. You know, when when, when you start hearing repetitive... Quotes on the media, on the mass media, you just know something is up and something is not right. Here we go. Take a listen. He is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. This guy's tough. He's smart. He's on his game. His mental acuity is great. This is a very sharp president. This is a man that's on his game. President Biden is absolutely... There's there's not a problem. He's sharp, he's fit, he's always answering questions. He is on the ball. He was sharper than anyone I've spoken to. He is sharp, Uh, he is on top of things. There's no doubt in my mind that the president is mentally fit for office. Biden has proven himself to have a strong memory. He's completely mentally sharp. He's at the top of his game. Yeah, he's at the top of his game. God damn, how bad did his game have to be in the past for him to be on the top of his game now? Sharp, how, how much are these people getting paid to uh, uh, by the deep state or whoever it is that's funding this? Soros, maybe? Soros, I, I look, can I be one of these media people that claims he's sharp? There's got to be some type of a kickback there, right? I just want to say I was hanging out with Joe Biden. He's the most sharpest individual I was on. Who wants to be a millionaire? He would definitely be my phone a friend for all kinds of uh, world knowledge. He is just the sharpest guy in the drawer. He's just, um, he's just, he's, he's the best. He has a memory. His his brain is a steel trap. 
He's very acute. His memory is phenomenal. He can he can remember all the lies that he's told. I mean, he can remember all the stories from his past, all the way back to when he was four years old. Okay, send me a check. I want the check, too. If we're going to just BS about the intelligence of our president, I want in on that money. Fund me, please, Mr. Soros. Send it my way. Okay. Uh, so anyways, this is the the um, the Mike Benz interview that I was talking about. Now, it's very long, and it's very dry, Um although the information he's giving is phenomenal. I'm going to play a little clip of it, but I encourage you, please, if you're watching this, go out and watch the Tucker Carlson interview with Mike Benz in its entirety, and you will say, holy crap, these are all the ideas that I had before, and it all makes sense, and this guy connects the breadcrumbs of dots uh, to where we are now and regarding information in the government in, in, in incredible detail. Uh, but here's a little a glimpse of it real quick. They explicitly said on tape that they were set up to do what the government was banned from doing itself. And then they articulated a multi-step framework in order to coerce all the tech companies to take censorship actions. They said on tape the tech companies would not have done but for their pressure, which involved using threats of government force because they were the deputized arm of the government. They had a formal partnership with the DHS. They were able to use DHS's proprietary domestic disinformation switchboard to immediately talk to top brass at all the tech companies for takedowns. And they bragged on tape about how they got the tech companies to all systematically adopt a new terms of service speech violation ban called delegitimization, which meant any tweet, any YouTube video, any Facebook post, any TikTok video, any Discord posts, any Twitch video, anything on the internet that, that uh, undermine public faith and confidence in the use of mail-in ballots or early voting drop boxes or, or, or ballot tabulation issues on election day was a prima facie uh, terms of service violation policy under this new delegitimization policy that they only adopted because of pass-through government pressure from the Election Integrity Partnership, which they bragged about on tape, including the grid that they used to do this and, and simultaneously invoking threats of government breaking them up or, or government stopping doing favors for the tech companies unless they did this, as well as inducing crisis PR by working with their media allies. So, and they said the government, DHS, could not do that themselves, and so they set up this, this basically constellation of State Department, Pentagon, uh, and, and IC networks to run this pre-censorship campaign, which by their own math had 22 million tweets on Twitter alone. And mind you, they did this on 15 platforms. So this is hundreds of millions of posts, which were all scanned and banned or throttled so that they could not be amplified or they exist in a sort of limited state purgatory or had these frictions affixed to them in the form of fact-checking labels where you couldn't actually click through the thing or you had to, it was, it was an inconvenience to be able to share it. Now they did this seven months before the election because at the time they, they were worried about the perceived legitimacy of a Biden victory in the case of a so-called red mirage blue shift event. They, they knew the only way that Biden would be able to was would win mathematically uh, was through the disproportionate Democrat use of mail in ballots. They knew there would be a crisis because it was going to look extremely weird if if Trump looked like he won by seven states. And, you know, uh, and then three days later, it comes out, actually, the election switch. I mean, that that would put the election crisis of the Bush Gore election uh, on a level of steroids that the national security state said, well, the, the, the public will not be prepared for. So what we need to do is we need to, in advance, we need to pre-censor the ability to even question the legitimacy. 
This took out. Wait, wait. May, may I ask you to pause right there? Key influences, so what you're mm-hmm. saying is, what you're suggesting is, they knew the outcome of the election seven months before it was held. It looks very bad. It looks very bad. Now, I'll tell you what, that is just one nugget, one little three-minute section from the interview with Tucker and Mike Benz, and I encourage you to watch it. I've listened to it twice, and it's just unbelievable the amount of detail he goes into about these deep state programs and what they've been doing um, uh, as far as interference with everything uh, regarding the election specifically. It's just insane. Uh, okay, well, there's a new study out there. A, an NHS trust has said that breast milk produced by trans women who were born as men is as good for babies as that produced by a mother who has given birth. I am not a scientist, okay? But in a letter to campaigners, the University of Sussex Hospital's NHS Trust, USHT, said that the milk produced by trans women after taking a combination of drugs is comparable to that produced following the birth of a baby. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Drug-induced chest feeding liquid comparable to that from mothers when it comes to a baby nourishment claims hospitals. Uh, anybody down there to have a a, a male, a, a trans female wet nurse for their kid? Not me. Not me. I will. Can you imagine if they're taking that many hormones, et cetera, to generate milk and totally alter their biological selves? Uh, there's no way that could be safe. But who am I? I'm not a doctor, you know? So, you know, uh, next time you see a guy chest feeding uh, on a park bench, just know that that baby is being nourished. What the hell country? Where do we live at, man? This is absurd. Okay. Switching gears once again. That's all we have for the trans news. Thanks God. Thank God. I don't think I can handle any more, but um, there was this black Harvard professor uh, let's see. I don't have his name here, uh, but he seems really credible. Anyways, he went out and did a study about police brutality towards the black community. And, uh, a lot of people gave him flack because they didn't like the findings of his, uh, investigation. Uh, he had multiple researchers on his team. Uh, when he came to the final conclusion, he hired a bunch of more researchers and went back through the data again, and it concluded exactly the same, that this whole uh, police officer attack on the black community uh, is a hoax, is a hoax. And this black professor is getting a lot of crap, a lot of death threats because of the findings in his data. Now, mind you, this isn't just some Joe Blow. This is a Harvard professor. Uh, Let's take a little listen to what he had to say. I collected a lot of data. We collected millions of observations on uh, everyday use of force that wasn't lethal. We collected thousands of observations on lethal force. And and it it was in this moment in 2016 that I realized People lose their minds when they don't like the result. So what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force every day pushing up against cars and things like that. People tend to like that result. But we didn't find any um, uh, racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little-known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. 
when I found this surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it to make sure. They came up with the same exact answer and I thought it was robust and then I went to go give it and my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104 page dense academic economics paper with a 150 page appendix, okay? It was posted for four minutes when I got my first email, this is full of shit. Doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? That's amazing. You are a genius. And I had colleagues take me into to the side and say, don't publish this. You'll ruin your career. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's the issue is they just don't fit together. We like the first one, but you should publish the, no the second one another time. I said, let me ask this. If the second part about the police shootings, this is a literal conversation. I said to them, if the second part um, showed bias, do you think I would, should publish it then? And they said, yeah, then it would make sense. And I said, I guarantee you I'll publish it. We'll see what happens. So it was, it was you know, I, I lived under, under um, police protection for about 30 or 40 days. I had a seven-day-old daughter at the time. I remember going and shopping for it because, you know, when you have a newborn, you think you have enough diapers, you don't. So I, I was going to the grocery store to get diapers with the armed guard. It was crazy. It was really, truly crazy. Uh, I think they forgot that he was a black Harvard professor. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can't go after a guy like that, allegedly, you know. Uh, but isn't that phenomenal? The guy releases the, the report. He has a team of eight go over it twice, different eight individuals with the same result. And he did not find anything that alluded to the fact of police brutality and police shootings. Now, he said at the first part of his report, as far as interactions and roughing up black individuals by the police force and pushing them against a the car and that kind of stuff, he did, he did find a bias there, which is... Which is sad enough. It's sad. That's very sad. But when it came to pulling the trigger in a police bias to uh, disproportionately, disproportionately killing of black men, he found that not to be true. And everybody told him, don't publish this. It's bad for you. And then, isn't it crazy? He, he had to have an armed guard. He had to have police protection for 40 days. All the death threats and everything from the, from the all-encompassing uh, 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 rational left side of this country. When it comes to violence, man, the left has no no holds barred, no holds barred whatsoever. All right, um, and, and on that same note, let's take a little look at this graph of uh, a place where they believe that police were dis disproportionately shooting black people, and so they had their defund the police rallies and everything else. Well, what is going on with the murder rate in Portland after, you know, remember when they had the whole uh, Chaz 
area, the the no the the no no law zone in Portland. Well, it's it seems to be really working out in their favor. Uh, here's the murder rates in Portland all the way up until 2019. At the end of the black line, you've got 19, a peak of 29, a peak of 31, 26, and then after 2019, when the world went completely sideways. Uh, it went. It jumped from from thirty to fifty seven to ninety to ninety seven in twenty twenty two. Yeah, let's defund the police. Let's just defund the police and see what happens. Uh, based on false reality of uh, alleged disproportionate shootings of cops towards black people. Hmm. Well, proof is in the pudding. There. I mean, you can't deny the facts. A murder is a murder. Okay. Uh, so this right here, this isn't a this isn't a play reenactment of New Jack City. Uh, this is Illinois mayor, and they're alleging, and this is in the New York Post. They're alleging that this New York mayor, this this dress like New Jack City is intentional, is basically that she's going after, or she has on the record gone after a business that failed to support her. Uh, well, let's get to this story right here in the New York Post. Illinois mayor shuts down local businesses that don't contribute to her campaign and dresses like a movie gangster citizens are claiming. Uh, let's take a little, let's hold on. Let me take a little listen to her and let's just see what we're dealing with here. Let's get the volume up and here we go. Cause y'all got false narratives out there and y'all should be ashamed of y'all stuff. Y'all black, y'all are black and y'all sitting up here beating and attacking on a black woman that's in power. Y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. All the stuff that y'all did to get people to come to our community, to just diss and down our community. Shame on y'all. Because when I want to attack and take any of y'all seats, I run. I run for the seat. I don't do smear campaigns. I don't do all this mess. It's nonsense. Because at the end of the day, we still got to live in this village. Oh, well, well, y'all don't live in the village, but... You know, complaining about uh, people going after a black woman. Y'all are black and you're going after a black woman. You know, this this whole idea that is really prevalent in the country right now is where if somebody's doing something wrong, like this girl, I'm going to get into the story here. She's been uh, misappropriating funds. She's been going on shopping sprees with uh, money that is not intended for that camp campaign finance bullshit, the whole nine yards. And and the one the, the one card that she plays is you're coming after a black woman in power. Like, since when does criminal activity, you get a free pass just because of the color of your skin? That is so fundamentally wrong with a lot of the thought train that's going on here in the United States of America. And it's ridiculous. Uh, so it says here that Detroit Mayor Tiffany Haynard attends meetings dressed as a movie gangster and her constituents say she plays the part, retaliating against them unless they do her bidding, the post can reveal. Uh, now, let me get down to the meat and potatoes of where she was uh, going after. Um, Lawrence Gardner, 57, told the Post Friday that Haynard shut down his trucking business because he refused to renew a $3,500 contribution to her political war chest. Gardner claimed he made an initial donation to Haynard, but her minions kept coming back for more. I made the payment, he said. Then every year she started coming and required the same thing. And we had a problem with that. When he refused, Gardner said, oops, screwed it up. When he refused, Gardner said city officials fabricated claims that he was illegally selling alcohol and yanked his business license. What is she? Nino Brown, he said. Anything she wants done, she gets them to harass you. 
She likes nobody. If you are not doing what she say, if you're not doing how she's saying to do it, you are a problem. She don't like them. Uh, sick. Grotesque. Shutting down a man's trucking business because at one time he com- he contributed $3,500 to your campaign and you went back to get more and he won't do it. And so you pull his license with some false claim that he's peddling liquor from his trucking business. Maybe he was. Who knows? But the New York Post is digging into this and they're saying that, yep, this chick is out of freaking control. How did she get elected? I have no idea, but she is elected and she is just making a mockery of her office. It's sad. It's sad that this is the corrupt the corrupt country uh, that we lived in. Now, this next clip I'm going to play, it's Benjamin Crump and Al Sharpton and a couple others uh, standing around a pool table playing pool. And uh, Benjamin Crump is somebody that I've actually been in the room with and I've listened to him talk. And he's a very intelligent guy. Of course, uh, 100%, he does not uh, fall in line with some of my beliefs. But when it comes to police brutality, eh, okay. Uh, we're kind of on the same page. This is the famous attorney that has represented Trayvon Martin, uh, Breonna, Breonna T- Taylor, Michael Brown, George Floyd, uh, Keenan Anderson, Tyree Nichols. Uh, he's been an attorney that has been involved in the Flint water crisis um, and the Johnson & Johnson baby powder case. Okay, He is a monster of an attorney. But this clip uh, that I'm going to play for you right now is getting a lot of attention because Ben says some stuff. And you have to break it down to what he's actually saying. But there's a lot of things here where it's these black gentlemen sitting around playing pool and saying that uh, the whole black community is criminalized because there's laws in place that makes their uh, routine behavior criminal. It's it's a little rough to watch, but let's let's take, let's take a little watch this here. Here we go. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that. And people ask how Attorney Crump. Change the definition of crime. Mm. Of course, if, if you get to define what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminal is going to be. It sounds yeah. like we're criminal, though. Yeah. Our existence no, is the culture. criminal. But they made no, no, the laws They make the law to criminalize our culture, to fit us. black culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so when I think of Eric Garner, I always think of stuff like that. Lucy Cigarette. So, you know, a lot of people are playing this and he's, uh, you know, the, the laws are out there that have criminalized their culture. And I mean, I do agree with him on the part of, you know, uh, was Eric Gardner and he was selling Lucy cigar- cigarettes and, you know, he got choked to death over it. I can't breathe. You know, that whole thing. Not the George Floyd. I can't breathe. The, orig- the OG. I can't breathe. So I see what he's saying there, but uh, okay, okay, so repeal the law about selling Lucy cigarettes, you know, th- what else are you talking? I mean, that, that is one example that I, okay, I could see that, but what other laws is he talking about that criminalize black behavior? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, this clip is going viral all over the internet, and uh, people are not, you know, well, it's split down the middle, I'm sure, and uh, people are saying this is ridiculous, that you got to change the laws to make people, you know, whatever. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But Benjamin Crump, uh, I would like to hear you elaborate on that in great detail because you are an intelligent man. I have sit and listened to you talk for over an hour and a half, and um, you're a very intelligent guy, but I'd like to see more details in this. Okay, so let's get over to COVID. Um, this is just a little recap because, you know, some time has passed since the COVID vaccine first came out when it was 100% effective. And this is just a clip of headlines taken from all over the Internet uh, that started with the COVID vaccine being 100% effective and just watching it drop as time goes by and time carries on, how it has just 
all these headlines have just changed. attention i there was clips and i didn't want to play them on here because they're just kind of they're they're just rough to watch uh but it's it's i've seen multiple videos in fact there was an embalmer that was on some show who was it joe rogan possibly and he's talking about how all these vaccinated deaths that are coming to on his table that he's embalming he's finding these hard fibrous um clots and i'm talking long clots like this of you know like the like the size of a straw in people's veins and their jugular vein and stuff and it's people that have been faxed and boosted and these crazy just white fibrous hard clots that are found in people's bodies um, that are killing them killing them uh, and yet we're going to find Donald Trump 350 million and Pfizer, Moderna, and everybody is fine. Absolutely zero. And while we're on the COVID train, uh, this is back from August 2021. And this was uh, Zuckerberger, Zucks, the Zucks, Zuck, Zuck, Zuckerberg, uh, talking to his internal people and having his concerns before the COVID vaccine was mandated on everyone. And it's just kind of nice to reflect back to this and see that a guy that's as rich as Zuckerberg, maybe he knew something we didn't. But here we go. Take a listen. Um, I, I share some caution on this because um, we just don't know the long-term side effects of, of basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA to, um, to directly encode in a person's DNA and, and RNA, basically the ability to, um, to, to produce uh, those antibodies and whether that causes other mutations or other risks down, um, downstream. So, well, I think it's safe to say it is causing other issues downstream. The myocarditis whole incident of young people just dropping dead on athletic fields and all kinds of stuff. What a mess that we have, we have found ourselves in. in. Okay, let's see. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Here's a, here's a here's a great article. I I don't know if this the. Uh, hold on, let me find it. Let me find it. I kind of got I kind of got screwed up here. Okay, Boston, Massachusetts, um, has had no shame in telling what they are spending on immigration and migrants, and they have this thing on the books. It's called their uh, right to shelter. 
right to shelter. And what they're doing is they're putting up these immigrants in hotels. We know everybody's been doing this. But they passed out a bunch of no-bid contracts to restaurants uh, to feed these migrants and because everybody has a right to shelter in Massachusetts. And I believe it was $17 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, and $31 for dinner. Uh, that the that the government of Massachusetts is paying out, uh, I believe they have 17 contracts out, uh, 17 contracts for housing alone that is totaling over 116 million dollars. And let me here, let me bring it up as we go through this. Uh, the right to shelter law, the state's right to shelter law, requires it to provide families with refrigeration and basic cooking facilities. But some of the accommodations do not have those appliances, uh, leaving the state to contract out for food delivery. Spinelli Ravioli Manufacturing Company in East Boston, a full-service drop-off catering company with 30 years' experience in the industry, was awarded a $10 million six-month no-bid contract to provide and deliver meals. Spinelli tells the I-Team as an approved state vendor, Spinelli's was contracted at the onset of the crisis. We are not the exclusive meal vendor and do not have guaranteed contract or financial agreement beyond this initial emergency period. Uh, the no big contract, let me get down here to the meat and potatoes and, oh, well, I skipped over it somewhere in here. Um, but it does say in here, I saw it earlier. I don't know where it's at. It's, they might've been a different article and what the government is willing to pay these vendors is $17 for breakfast, $17 for lunch and 31 or $33 for dinner. Uh, eating high on the hog, eating high on the hog, uh, compared to what is it? $6 a day, uh, for food stamps to, uh, poor people. Yeah, yeah, you're better off being an immigrant, that is for sure. Okay, all right, all right, let's keep moving here. It seems like something happened on my, uh, 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 oh, back on the immigration train. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, four migrants arrested after a man was robbed and strangled on the Pink Line train in Chicago. Um, Chicago officials reported that four individuals residing in a downtown Chicago migrant shelter have been accused of assaulting and robbing a passenger on the pink line. The group allegedly assaulted and robbed the 48-year-old victim on a train close to the Costner station at approximately 4.45 p.m. on Saturday, according to the news release from the Chicago Police Department. Uh, here it is, once again, proof positive that these immigrants... Uh, these 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 immigrants that are coming, MS-13 gang members, all kinds of stuff, Venezuela's uh, exporting uh, uh, the the worst of their prisoners to America. Uh, we I don't think I covered that story, but it's something I was reading over the weekend. Uh, it's just pathetic. And you know, I saw this I saw this this interesting take, and it was on Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan was asking, um, who was this guy? I forget his name. But the theory that he comes up with of why the government is allowing all of these violent immigrants to come across the border, uh, he has a theory about that. And this theory is frightening. And I started to sit there and I let it roll through my brain. And it started to make a lot of sense really fast. Now, this is the complete conspiracy side of the show. But this guy's theory, just take a listen, okay? It's It'll make you think. It'll definitely make you think. <sighs> Why are they letting it happen? Why Ooh. do you think the government is allowing the border to be so porous? And why are they resisting when Texas tries to do something about it? Well, I, al I always worry when we're trying to understand what's happening and, it, and the, the information is not being shared with us. You have to ask yourself the question, 
of how many things, how many separate things are in play, right? Before I went to, to Panama, I thought there was a migration of people. Now I think there are, there are two. One of them's clearly a migration, and the other one could well be an invasion. So if I know that there are two things, then I can put them in two categories, and I can ask myself the question, why is this being allowed and why is that being allowed? The consensus, eh, maybe consensus is too strong, but the belief amongst many who have been on the story of the migration for years now is that this is a ploy to create voters, democratic voters. Okay, we know that. I think that's impossible. I think that's probably playing a role. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't know whether or not it is clear. But here comes the shocker. Migrants necessarily carry the, uh, the likelihood of voting blue that the blue team imagines. But anyway, I think that that's a plausible explanation in part, but I don't think it, it really covers it. There are other hypotheses that are darker. There Here we go. Talk about the possibility of trading citizenship for military service. I think that's a very frightening prospect, but it, I didn't invent the idea. It has been discussed. And the problem is that to the extent that we saw things like the vaccine mandate drive out the skeptics from the military, this process would also bring in a lot of people into military service who would have more reason to follow immoral orders than uh, a citizen soldier who had been American their whole life. In other words, if the, uh, if the power structure is granting you citizenship, which you want, in exchange for your obedience, then what is it that would cause you to say no? So if you wanted a force that was capable of um, acting on behalf of tyranny against Americans, then a force that doesn't have a deep history with the rights of being an American, that doesn't have a long-standing allegiance to people within the country, that force would be uh, potentially more compliant. And you get what he's saying there, right? You know, we just had, we just went through this whole thing where the, the the Texas the governor of Texas Abbott was going back and forth to the feds, and the feds were saying you have a deadline to tear down the barbed wire, all this other kind of stuff. And it was really Americans warring with Americans, the federal agents, and the state of Texas, the state of Texas National Guard. And one thing that always was a voice of reason in that whole exchange was, is like, you know, I don't believe some federal FBI, CIA, whoever it is, some federal agent, American-born, American citizen is going to go down to a Texas National Guardsman and hold them at gunpoint or get bloody or get, get have things go really bad. And by the way, that whole story just kind of floated away. Nobody's talking about it anymore. But there was always that peace of mind of knowing that Americans are not going to draw weapons on Americans at the order of bumbling President Biden or whoever the deep state is wanting to control these agencies and make them go against other agencies that are full of Americans. And it made sense. And it's like, OK, it's not going to get there. It's just not going to get there. But when you hear this guy say this and, and, and if the government ever starts moving to, OK, you want citizenship, you need to join our military. And we have these young men that are coming across the border from Africa. 
Uh, Trump said it right. They're rapists. They're criminals. They're they're all kinds of people. People that have no loyalty to American citizens or the American way of life. Um, it would be very easy, or or more more so, to convince a branch of military or a military that is infiltrated with all these immigrants that have no loyalty to the American Constitution to anything else. Uh, they just do as they as they're told. And a lot of these people are killers, anyways. You know. Uh, like I said, over the weekend, uh, there was there was reports that Venezuela was basically sending people to the United States, the worst of the worst. They emptied out their, uh, you know, their, 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 their bad boy prisoners, and it's cheaper to just send them to America, and they can cause their ruckus here. And there's another country down, uh, I forget, out of Africa or something like that, and they're deporting people basically out of Africa, the criminals, giving them a, a ticket up into Central America and giving them instructions on how to get to America. This is scary. This is scary. Yeah, it's this guy's theory, but you know what? It makes a whole lot of sense. So be on the lookout. Once we see the government is going to be granting citizenship to these immigrants that are coming over, uh, if they enroll in the military, look out. Look out, man. Better buy your guns now because you might be fighting some ex-MS-13 members uh, dressed in uh, military uniforms in the future. Okay, so Tennessee... I, there's these wacko groups out there that just keep on storming the, the streets and, and doing their little uh, their little parades. Uh, this particular group for, in Tennessee uh, like to get out their little Nazi flags and go stomping down the streets of Tennessee. Is that the best you got? Best you got? What the hell is going on? And it says here that this group is funded in 2020 by Christopher Polhouse, a former Marine. Uh, while speaking to a reporter over the summer in Florida, Paul House and has said he supports Biden over Trump because he supports the war in Ukraine. Show well, I found a little interview with this Christopher Paul House, and Where's he's he's about as bright face? as you could imagine. Uh, here we go. Let's take a little look at these people that are walking down in Tennessee, waving the swastika. Uh, there we go. Presidential race going on right now. Are you going to vote in 2024? What do you think is going to happen? My vote this? is useless. I think Biden's better than Trump because he sends rockets to Ukraine. <laughs> in, the, in support of Ukraine, you mean? Hell Ukraine. Hell Azov. I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted by these morons. <laughs> you know, I, I swear, there's such a yearning and such a desire for people to be a part of something. Even if something says, hey, there's a group of us that are going to dress up in red, we're going to wave some swastikas, and we're going to stomp through the streets of Tennessee. And there's people out there like, ah, I'm not too sure if I'm really down with that, but, you know, I'm kind of lonely. My only friends are online. Sure, sign me up, pal. I'll come with you and march with a swastika. Man, this place is going down the toilet. It's crazy. Okay, uh, we're going to wrap this up. The last couple stories we have here, and basically this is a wonderful collage that, I, that I'm very, uh, it makes me laugh. And, and you run across this all the time. You get these people that are so anti, anti-Trump, 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 and you ask them, okay, so why are you anti-Trump? And I, in my personal conversations, I've never got a really good answer uh, other than he's just an arrogant, the best I can get out of him is just, he's just an arrogant kind of dickhead. Uh, but here is a street interview collage of people being asked, why do you hate Trump? And their answers are negligible. Now Trump has accused me of whatever. Um, with the way things are, um, I think Trump is, um, gaining a lot of ground because he's, um, 
just like the things he says about women and like the race. Like what? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> yeah. My question is just what? What are you protesting today? Trump. Okay. Why are you here? I'm here to ask people why they're protesting Trump. Uh, What's the biggest thing that Trump has said? What is the biggest action he's taken that's really pushed you to want to come protest? Uh, the count, the list is endless. I, I don't think I can come up with a single one. Can you give me one specific thing that he's done? What's the biggest thing to you? No. He's an entire person. The persona that he is, everything about him, just a man. Yes, everything about him. He just lies. Everything he does is... What's one of the biggest lies that really angered you? Uh, Michael, do you have something? What is one of the most divisive things that Trump has said to you that really pushed you to want to come protest today? Uh, I can't think right now. <laughs> just one thing. Just one big thing that Trump did. Answer that. Answer, answer that. You know, that you know, we were talking about media manipulation and everything earlier in the show, and we were talking about the Mike Benz interview, and it, th these people, these are the people that buy into it. They buy into the the, the constant Russia collusion, the constant CNN saying that he's lying about uh, uh, the whole uh, FBI and CIA spying on his campaign. Um, these are the people that just buy the nonsense that is put out there by the media in mass by the mass media and they just suck it up and they just believe it. And, and they don't even know what they believe. They just know that they've been brainwashed into saying Donald Trump, bad, Donald Trump, bad, Donald Trump, bad. Why? Uh, I, I don't know. He's, it's like, it's like they you see these people and they almost get like a reality check there for a second. And they start thinking is like, Oh yeah. Why do, why do I hate this guy? I, I can't even remember. I don't even remember why I hate this guy, but I know I hate him. I know I hate him because you know what? You've been brainwashed to hate him. Uh, well, some people are starting to wake up and we're going to live on this. Uh, we're going to leave on this. We're going to take a little trip down to the gay zone. Uh, Gayville. Here we this go. Is the gayborhood. Gayborhood. Not welcome. That's why I need to be here. Ah! We need Jesus, ma'am. He can save you. He can give you a new heart. God can give you a new heart so that you love what God loves. I love how this guy's no, just interrogating harassing her. Knowing that it's just going to push her into that screaming fit. It's crazy. There's a bunch of nut jobs in this country. I swear to God. All right. Well, this has been Jake on the News going, hitting it all live. I will talk to you guys later. You have a good one. Bye-bye.